0: all right what's up we're live episode 105 the unplugged alpha it's been brought to my attention the other day that russell brand has been me tooed so talking a little bit about that some remedies to it how to avoid it how to manage it why it's happening all that good stuff uh thanks for joining me live tonight guys i really do appreciate it as you can, please uh hit the like button for the algorithms As I always ask you to do, and uh, we'll be on at 8.45 later on with a new panel for Ladies' Night. Uh, Some interesting discussion points and topics we'll be diving into there. So let's get started here. Um, First things first, a little housekeeping. Do me solid. If um, you guys are just uh, getting here on other parts of the internets, join us on YouTube here. This is the link I'm putting in all chat. And for the call-in segment, I might as well get this link out of the way because <laughs> almost everybody comes in at the last minute, and they're like, yo, I want to talk to you, but the show is over. So I'm going to give you the join link right now. It's first come, first serve, obviously, so get in now. Uh, I, I I need to wrap for like 25, 35 minutes on this topic, and then we'll go to the Q&A segment. So come in and ask any question. If you guys are watching this somewhere else, the Twitters, the Twatches, the Facebooks, the Metas, the Cuckerbergs, wherever they happen to be, come on over and watch on YouTube and help me out here with the Algos. And it's also the only place where I pin uh, the join link for the show. So it's pinned at the top. It says, come in and ask a question. Um, I get loads and loads of questions from guys, DMs, emails. This is my problem. What would you do? you answer me give me a call here's my text I don't have time for that that's why I run a call in segment on this podcast it's always open totally free okay so if you have anything that's on your mind just call in let's chop it up Um, the link is always in the live chat and uh, again it's first come first serve so pop in and uh we'll get into some QA in a little bit. Hopefully, uh, some of you guys that messaged me during the week that I replied back and said, do it on the show, we'll come in. Uh, that's how I roll. Um, all right. So let's let's deal with the recap first. So, what's going on here? Russell Brand, stand-up comedian, British actor. Uh, I liked him in Get Him to the Greek, thought he did a great job. Allegedly, there's outlets that are now saying that there are uh, allegations of sexual misconduct. Sexual misconduct is it's wrong. Um, don't do it, obviously. You know, that's. I mean, one of the things I can say, like, how do you avoid this? Well, clearly don't do it. Um, but we've also seen it abused. We've seen over the last few years with the introduction of the Me Too movement, um, it being used for nefarious reasons. Because again, women are the protected sex and men are the disposable one it's always been that way it's always going to be that way it's why when the titanic goes down it's women and children first and guys you figured out if you can survive good if not oh well there's more of you you know waiting in line it's always been that way so this this movement it's relatively new um i'll be honest i'm gonna say in the last decade although it hasn't i mean it's it's probably existed to some degree in the past um, I'm thinking back to like, you know, my twenties and stuff like that. And, and there was the odd, there was the odd friend of mine that would like be accused of doing something that you know that they didn't do. Only back then there was no social media. There's no internet. There's no self-reporting. There's like anybody, like, anybody can turn on a camera and talk today. This is basically what I'm doing. We, I mean, we all pre- press the same upload button. So we live in a world today where you can say kind of anything you want, wherever you want on the interwebs. And Russell Brand went from a big time celebrity uh, doing big name films. Uh, I think he was married to Katy Perry for a bit. Um, he's admitted to having a fairly promiscuous past um, openly. And I mean, like what celebrity has it, right? I mean, if you're, if you're a list athlete, uh, artist, artist, artists. I'm talking about, you know, singers, uh, actors, you know, stuff like that. Um, business tycoons, entrepreneurs. Um, you generally have a lot of women throwing a ton of attention at you. I think it's kind of understood at this point. I shouldn't have to explain that. So you want to indulge, indulge. I mean, you know, it's what happens. Rock stars have been doing it forever. Um, it's only now that, you know, recently the last few decades has been expanded to other areas. But anyway, so brand as a uh, icon of that space, managed to uh, have some fun and a uh, number of years go by. And the thing that, that like irks me, that's like weird from, from the perspective of weird. And again, we don't know what's happened here. So I'm trying to have a bit of a balanced conversation. But the thing that has always irked me is it's like if somebody, I don't know, broke into my house 10 years ago and stole my stuff why would I report it 10 years later? Like if it happened at the time, you deal with it at the time. So one must question or ask, like I'm surprised, I'm not even surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some something that came up and I'm making comedy of this, so please bear with me. Something that came up where Eve accused Adam of wrongdoings or something like this because there is no statute of limitations it seems with these Me uh, Generally speaking, in most legal jurisdictions, there's a limitation period. Like for example, if you don't pay your credit card after two years in Ontario, they can't legally sue you if you defend it on the basis of the limitation period expiring. Not legal advice, do your own research, but limitation periods exist to remove frivolous lawsuits from the court system from clogging it up. It's like, basically, What the lawmakers are saying is like, look, if this is such an issue, then deal with it when it's such an issue and don't wait till 10 years later with your such an issue. But it seems like when it comes to stuff like a Me Too, that there's no limitation period. Um, We've seen it over the last few years on a number, anywhere from politicians, presidents, artists, actors, you know, like you go right down the list. So... That's the first thing that, like, just sits kind of weird. It's like, look, man, again, somebody would steal my motorcycle when I was in my 20s. I would have dealt with it at the time. I wouldn't be like, oh, I, th- I feel like now, 20, 30 years later, that I want to, uh, you know, file a report to the police department because somebody stole my motorcycle and I'd like to get it. Like, there's got to be a line in the sand that has to be drawn. And it's like, if you're going to deal with these things, deal with these things. If you're not going to deal with it and you're going to let it go, let it go. I'm not saying it's right, I'm saying it's absolutely wrong. As a father, I don't condone it, and I think it's it's atrocious behavior. But there's some weird shit going on here, right? Let's be honest. So, the Me Too movement. It'd be interesting to see who started this. I did some googling on how to avoid it, what potential remedies were, and there's a lot of bullshit out there. Is it always comes up because I want to see like what are you know what are people talking about, and then, invariably it's some. Pickup artist, uh, smart ass girl that's got some like how to not be a creepy guy, you know, course or something like that at the end of it. She says, uh, Don't be a creep. And it's not like creeps aren't getting accused of MeToo movements openly, publicly, and in a slanderous sort of fashion. It's public figures. Okay. And I don't believe that. that they should be allowed to wait a prolonged period of time. I don't believe that, and what I believe doesn't really matter for the legal case, but I don't believe that a guy that is as popular as a Russell brand would do what he's being accused of. It seems highly unlikely, in my opinion. It is like, I don't know, a buddy of mine that owns a bunch of supercars going to the Kia dealership and stealing a Kia right it just doesn't like it wouldn't make sense if somebody said to me my buddy you know with this with his car collection decided to go steal a car and it ended up in one of our chat groups or something I'd Be like yeah that doesn't add up like is this a joke like you know like what's the punchline sort of thing so for him during during his height of fame when he admitted being as promiscuous as he was have had or would have done the things that they're accusing him of of doing seems odd, which brings me to the next thing, which is like, okay, well, why are they doing this? You know, this playlist, this podcast itself is called The Unplugged Alpha. It's based on my book. If you're newer to the channel, you should get the book and read it so you understand sort of, you know, like the fundamental basics here of what we're talking about. But when it comes to unplugging, you have to get good at, seeing through your own bullshit and you have to get good at seeing through others' bullshit. These are the two steps in unplugging, seeing others' bullshit and seeing your own bullshit. We tell ourselves lies every day, right? Um, And other people tell us lies every day too that aren't true. So Rusty Rockets or whatever his name is, Russell Brand, um, over the last few years during the, you know, the scamdemic, the World Economic Forum stuff, you know, the stuff where he's been talking around agendas, about uh, how and why he thinks they're trying to lower the population control energy uh remove your stuff you know they use narratives like in a certain period of time you'll own nothing to be happy and i've heard this sold before where it's like yeah you don't you don't have to worry about a garage and having a car and changing the oil and the brake pads and the tires and summers and winters there'll just be a car available to you and you just play a fat like a flat fee and you use it when you need to use it and when you're not using it other people use it. And it seems like it works right so he kind of goes down these rabbit holes of why that doesn't work why they're doing it some might say he's wearing a tinfoil hat others might say he's right wing whatever like the fact remains is he's very popular his, his youtube channel has millions and millions of uh, follows uh, he's very popular on social media he's commonly uh, asked to provide commentary on television shows, the news. He's very charismatic, right? Like he's got a great personality for that sort of stuff. Um, So you could understand why, I don't know how tall he is. He's he's pretty, like I call him a giant. He's probably about six foot three, six foot four. He looks big. Um, You know why tall, charismatic, reasonably good looking guy, especially in his prime, uh, would have done well with the ladies, right? Like I'm sure he racked up quite the notch count. So with that being said, I'm asking myself again, well, why are they doing this and why are they doing this now? And is it because he did it or is it because they're trying to silence him? And I've always said on my channel, the bomber always gets flack when it's over the target. So, you know, when I I say something on social media or in a video or on Twitter, and then the, you know, like the uh, blue haired alphabet harpies come and try to attack me, It's because I'm right generally. They don't have a a counter argument. They don't have a better solution to a problem that I've addressed. It's just point and spotter, sort of thing. So it's like bombers only get flack when they're over the target. So it brings me to, is this AA guns throwing flack at him because he's over the target? And I think on a balance of probabilities, based on what I've looked at, that seems more likely than him doing what they've accused him of doing, but you know before, um, I'm sure this is going to be damaging to his character, uh, to business connections that he's got, contracts, sponsors, you know, whatever it happens to be. I wouldn't be surprised if they're dropping him or starting to drop him right now, even though he hasn't been convicted and tried and you know proved guilty. It's just the accusation itself. Like this is how powerful the accusation is. The accusation of wrongfully doing something nefarious to a woman on a sexual basis is so powerful, they will cancel you completely. So it seems like on a bounce of probabilities, this is more what it looks like it is. In the chat here on YouTube, I'm going to run a quick poll and I'm going to ask you guys what you think it is. Did Brand do what they are accusing him? Yes, no answer. Poll has started for the guys in the live chat. You guys tell me what you think based on what you've seen or heard. It's unfortunate because, you know, when you cry wolf and there's no wolf there, we all know the nursery rhyme or the children's story, whatever it happens to be. But if you keep crying wolf and there's no wolf there, you're not going to believe the cry when it comes and it's real, which would be unfortunate for a woman dealing with an actual issue. So, you know, like this is the era that we live in, you know, it's, it's a very, very powerful tool, um, for all those reasons that I've explained anyway. So let me talk about why so far it's 95% of you are saying, no, you, you don't think he's done what he's done. Okay. We'll see how that racks up in the next five or 10 minutes. Go cast your vote now. If you guys are watching somewhere else, head on over to YouTube and, you know, do the thing there. Um, so I've compiled a list of some things that I think will at least insulate or protect you to some degree. To p- potential accusation of a me too coming at you in your future. The first very obvious one is obviously don't do it. Right. Don't don't be a degenerate piece of shit. The other ones are more. um you know, for those that could be facing it and um, interact. I mean, look, half the population is women. I know that a lot of people have this potential solution where we'll just don't deal with women, just go your own way and stay on your side of the fence. And I don't think that's entirely practical, uh, given the structure of how we operate with men and women and why we're here and all that sort of stuff. So, one of the things that one of the first things is, of course, not getting yourself in a position where you can be compromised. Like, look, man, it's guys like, um, Russell brand, even Andrew Tate, like Tate had to go to full damage control motion because he knows he's been on a whole bunch of shows and podcasts prior to when they made the accusation saying bombastic and outlandish things because it works, right? Like it gets eyeballs. It's red meat. People will click on you. you, It's more shareable. Oh, look what this guy said. And they forward it to somebody else so that it gets in front of somebody else. So, it works from that perspective, and then he had to go and get all of these gals to provide uh, video statements, testimony. I mean, there's got to be a whole team, you know, running all of that stuff. It's it's got to be a lot of work, and you know, when you go out there and you want to confront the Klaus Schwabs of the world or the Matrixes or. The Pfizer's, you know, all that stuff. Like, there's a reason why I'm not running a show called InfoWars or anything like that. Like, I have interesting conversations privately with people that are on my inner circle that I've drawn a perimeter around that I'm close with, and all of these regards. Right? You go out and you and you cast on a regular basis. You put a target on yourself. So being invisible. So the first tip I have is be more invisible to the damn matrix if that's the word that we're going to use there's no reason to paint a target on your back now if you go and paint a target on your back fine but be anti-fragile there's very very few people out there that can go up against the matrix we'll call it and be entirely anti-fragile um on the balance of probabilities Especially most of the people that I've seen so far because of the lifestyles that they've lead led and how they've made their money. And it's like, you know, oh, they've got so much money and they've got these cars and the jets and the boats and the the hypercars and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, Yeah, all of those things exist, but what but what was the what was the cost building up to that? Like what did you do? How did you earn the money? Was there anything uh nefarious was there anything underhanded did it you know to compromise anybody to hurt anybody um you know depending on how they're going to assess the situation they're always going to take a look at your past they're always going to take a you know take a look at how you've earned money who you've interacted with who you've hung out with what you've done with your time how you hold yourself out to the public what your reputation looks like you know they're going to look at these things and be like ah this guy looks like a good target we don't like what he's saying let's get some uh accusers who, by the way, always remain anonymous or want to protect their identity, right? You can't, like, it's not revealed until the court documents are actually presented, obviously. So, staying under the radar is not a bad thing. Let's just say that. The next point I have after that, one, two, three, four, five, six, I got a few more. Next point I have after that is be in a long-term relationship. They can't accuse you, or it's going to be very, very difficult for them to accuse you of nefarious activity if you're with somebody, especially if you're with somebody that can corroborate a lot of the stuff, right? You live with somebody, you're dating them, you're in a long-term relationship. I mean, I guess maybe there's a slight advantage to living, to some, living with somebody to avoid a, a Me Too, even though I'm not a big fan of living with a gal or getting married, obviously. I don't think that getting married or living with a girl is a appropriate remedy to avoiding a Me Too, but being in an LTR, it's like, oh, you you know, he touched me or he did that. It's like, well, that's interesting because I'm always with her or her story can corroborate, you know, your activities together sort of thing. Uh, But I think the chances of you getting me to um, in a modern time, long, long is the key word here, right? If you're promiscuous and, you know, like racking up notches big time, the chances of you being accused of this and it's sticking or being accused of this and people looking at you going, there's a chance, like, like, you know, Russell Brand, there's a chance because of his promiscuous past that he may have done something. Is it likely? I don't think so. It's pretty unlikely. Again, it's like a guy with an, a, a supercar collection of 50 cars going and stealing a Kia. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. This guy was spoiled for choice. He had He had women throwing themselves at him. I don't talk about it very often, but... Because of my private coaching rate, when I'm dealing with people on an ongoing basis on a long term, I've dealt with athletes, I've dealt with some actors, I've dealt with some politicians. The problems that they have in their lives and dealing with women, female nature, and the stuff that pops up is very, very different from, uh, you know, like the general public, right? High level people, uh, weapons in the world, guys that are putting very significant dents in the universe, Um, they have a different set of problems but anyway i'll keep going um, keeping records you know we're we're always tempted and i've done this when i'm dating right we're always tempted it's like da da da, da. she says something that annoys you or she's being a brat or she turns flaky or whatever and you're like fuck this bitch and you go and delete it all right you've lost all the text exchange any photographs, any, I had an awesome time with you last night. Can't wait to see you again. Like all of that's gone, poof, right? Uh, or if, she, or if they're crazy in the head, you know, like there's clear evidence in the messaging back and forth that she's a nutter and you're just like, believe this bitch or block her or, or something like that. Then all of a sudden you've lost it all. So I think in this day and age, if you're dating and you're dealing with women and multiple women, obviously it's prudent to keep records just saying you know and never throw them away so back them up keep them somewhere um so if in 20 years time something comes up as absurd as that sounds it's entirely possible the way things are going right now again we're not seeing a limitation period on this it's believe all women in any circumstance any time, regardless of the duration of time that passed doesn't matter Right. So keep, so keeping uh, records is definitely going to be useful. I think messaging and especially anything where um, she's uh, either crazy or, you know, expressing that she's a bit of a nutter or it's again, had such a great time. You're such a gentleman. Thank you for taking me out. Can't wait to see you again. You know, stuff like that, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip over this next one because I don't think creeps are particularly relevant uh, to the people that watch my stuff. I mean, bottom line, don't, don't be creepy. Like creepy guys will, there's that, there's that meme from like Barbara and HR. There's two photographs. There's like the creepy weird looking guy. And he's like, Hey Barb, you're looking good today. And she's like, hello, HR. Uh, You know, Bill is bothering me again. And then the next one is like Chad Thundercock, the tall strapping dude with the square jaw you know, muscle bound, wide shoulders, narrow waist, like the cartoon character of him. And she's like, hey, Barb, looking good. And she's like, gee, thanks. Right. Like women, you know, when women are attracted to a guy, strongly attracted to a guy, have genuine burning desires, I discuss in chapter three of my book, which again, if you haven't read, read. When women have a strong pull to a guy, it's very obvious and it's a very secure place to be. If we're being honest, if you get creepy on her, if you're chasing her, if you're getting sippy on her, this is where you're going to run into problems. But again, I don't think, I mean, look, if you guys are plugged in and paying attention to what I'm talking about, you're not creep. So let's just move on from there. I don't need to spend too much time on it. Um, here's an interesting one that I made a note on is avoiding doing things alone with women. Um, I had a buddy of mine that I was a business forum with for a while and because he saw a friend get metooed, he made it a policy that if he had to meet with any females in his line of work, he always had a third party there, whether it was somebody that worked with him or somebody that worked with them. He never put himself in a position where he was ever going to be left alone um, for any reason whatsoever with another woman. Um, So whether it was a dinner, like if there was a dinner invitation, uh, he would say, no problem, but I have to bring my assistant to keep, you know, to take notes. Um, or if there was, uh, you know, like a private event, there was always going to be other people there. And if there wasn't there, then he would have to reschedule. And I think, I mean, it's difficult, man, because it's like you'd like to kind of go through life thinking that you can just do it. And not have to worry about some psychopath trying to ruin you like 10 years later. And, and you got to keep fucking notes and not delete stuff and have a third party there. But it makes sense. Right? Like it makes sense. Especially if you're a guy that's like married or you're in a like monogamous type of a relationship. If you're ever going to get accused of cheating or some shit like that, you've got a third party. It's like, yeah, what are you talking about? Right? So... Not putting yourself in an environment where you can be accused of it is probably a smart thing to do as well. Take it for what you want. Um, ties it with space and distance. And I think the last note before we start taking some of these call-ins here, and I will get to the call-ins, we'll get we we'll get lots of time for these tonight, is managing your reputation, right? Um, you ask anybody that's known me for a long time, you'll get a very accurate description of who I am the kind of man that I am how I lead my life how I treat people um all that stuff you'll get a very clear concise and consistent man you know um message on my reputation what your reputation is outside of that like there's some weirdos out on the internet just being honest with you like people are all like well rich why don't you uh you know ask me a question on a podcast about like what's your age or something like that I'll just be like My answer to that is I'm a kid of the, I'm a a product of the seventies. You know, I'm a kid of the seventies sort of thing. Why do you want to tell us your age? Well, I worked in credit facilities and credit card collections and stuff like that. And I understand very well how data is collected, how they collect data, how you can reverse data do reverse lookups and things like that. So I think it's prudent to not give out information that doesn't that isn't relevant to you know discussion saying that i'm a a a prod to the 70s is more than sufficient my opinion but beyond the opinions of that people are going to make up shit oh he's not going to tell you because he's older than he says he is he's younger he's on this fucking hormone or like they've got more stories than walt disney it's funny because i stopped reading the comments a long time ago but when i was looking at them like you'd read some just weird shit like you think you know me bro or some woman would say something. It's like, yeah, okay. This guy's an (laughs) infel. Yeah. Okay. So managing your reputation within the people that you're in contact with and you know, with your circle really, really matters. Be polite, be a gentleman, um, be a man of your world word, be impeccable, you know, with your word. When you're talking business, when you're talking anything, you know, related to your reputation, do what you say you're going to do. It's, Simple, do what you say you're going to do, right? Like be a man and you're like, it seems so easy and simple to say, but there's a lot of real pieces of shit out there these days that will do anything to to take money from you, right? Or to take away from your reputation or or anything that you've built for yourself. And a lot of the times it's, you know, because of envy and jealousy and they just do these things because it's like, it's easier and more fun for them than doing the work, right? So managing your reputation as far as you can control it, is 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 a wonderful approach to life in general, I think. I don't think that you should do this just to avoid being me too, but I think that managing your reputations is incredibly important as far as a life hack, you know, as a guy. Let people on the outside say whatever they want about you. I You know, like these dipshits will go and make up all kinds of stories about me, and they'll make videos, and they'll say stuff, and Every time I ever looked at one in the past, it's all fucking made up shit. Like 99% of it is just bullshit. And the 1% that's not, it's exaggerated truths. Manage your reputation that you can control. That's the important aspect of this. Very important to do that. Anyway, let me grab my headphones and throw up the table. We'll get to some Q&A in a second. If you guys want to call in and ask a question, any question, whether it's relevant to you know tonight's show, or one of the like things that I constantly have to invite people to, to do is, if you disagree with something that I've said or a remedy to a potential problem that I've tried to address on this podcast or in my book, and you have a critique of it, bring it. You know, let's let's hear what your criticism is, but I also want to hear what your better solution to the problem happens to be, uh, because I am looking for solutions, right? I mean. I am, in many cases, still a student of life, uh, even though I am no longer a young, sprung chicken anymore. So let's get into the Q&A in a second. We'll run the ad reel. Actually, where's the poll at? Let me just have a quick look at here. 87% say no. Uh, did Brand do what they're accusing of? Most of you are saying no. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'll let you guys chop that up in the uh, the comments. Um, Okay, let's throw the ad insert. I'll be back in a minute and a half. We'll do the Q&A segment. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible, so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code ALPHA10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then, I use Tactical Soap and God of War Beard Oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine, lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bio-identical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right, let's dive into the Q&A segment. we got a bunch of people here waiting to call in, so let's get going. Let's see what uh, Michael has. Oh, yeah, Michael here is first. There we go. Michael, Michael, how you doing, buddy? You're muted, by the way. There you go.
1: Hey, Rich. Yeah. I have a quick question. It's not regarding the Me Too movement. Okay. It's something else. Uh, go ahead. I have been in few LTRs, and as soon as the marriage talk comes in, Mm -hmm. Uh, usually the relationship ends in a few weeks or months okay so how do you navigate that how do you keep the relationship going on after you have the kind of the marriage talk
0: okay so you're not interested in the marriage part
1: no no absolutely no so
0: it's so it's an absolute how old are you
1: 35
0: and how old are the women that you're typically dating
1: in their early 30s
0: early 30s and um at what point in the timeline does the I'd like to get married at some point conversation come up
1: it usually comes up after a year too
0: okay and how do you usually respond to that like how do you address it
1: I usually address like I'm not interested in having the government involved in our lives I want to continue with it relationship but I don't want government to participate in our bedroom
0: mm and how does she typically respond to that
1: they're kind of upset uh in a sense that i guess that's woman's dream to get married mm-hmm. and saying no to it kind of crushes her dream so
0: okay so i mean there's a couple of different approaches that you can use to this right you're going to get women that are just hell-bent on getting married right they just they just want to find a guy and get married. They want the party. They want the, you know, the invitations, the reception, the honeymoon, the videos, the ph- photographers, all that stuff makes them feel special. I get it. It's a big party. Okay. Um, women are more often not pretty much hell bent on it. They don't understand it from the guy's perspective. When guys start to unplug and they see that it's not such a good deal and there's too much risk exposure and it's difficult to manage and then living together and all that sort of stuff. That's when they're starting to like sort of push back in it. So you're open to having a long-term relationship. You just don't want to get married or live in the way that the state looks as a marriage. Is that what you're asking?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's correct. And it's kind of funny things like if you Google any articles, like if you've been living with a guy for X amount of years yeah, and he hasn't proposed, it's like just leave him. There isn't a single article or anything that suggests like, hey, stay (laughs) with this guy or anything like that. Yeah, And on top of that, you have family, friends, and you have yeah. everybody's like, oh, he hasn't proposed. You've been yeah. together for three years. Oh, it's time to live. He's not the one. And
0: yeah, you know, maybe... um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to relate to it a little bit more because, I mean, because of what I do, and, I've, and I'm very open with the fact that I'm not interested in marriage. I'm never going to get married again. Uh, I don't have a strong interest in wanting to live with a woman anytime in the immediate future. Um, I actually did a video in my car the other day talking about why it's not ideal to live with a woman and why it's to your advantage to try to avoid that. So that'll be on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel soon. But I think that if you're reasonably honest with her, right? And if you're dealing with women that have strong, strong desire for you. So from the get go, there's a few things that you can do. You should be dating women that aren't overtly stating immediately that their goal is marriage. Because one of the things you're doing, you're wasting both of your time. I mean, if you're just looking for a long-term relationship with a girl that's sort of keeping your frame, that's going to be a compliment to your life. You're going to keep dealing with women. I mean, if they're overtly saying like on dating apps, if they're stating in the apps, my name's Becky, I'm 34 years old. I have a great job in corporate America. I don't have any kids yet. I'd like to have a family. So if you're not interested in family or marriage and swipe left, then look, I mean, don't waste your time or waste her time, right? Like, if you want to date her or if you want to meet her or something like that and it comes up, she's going to be pretty strongly opinionated about the idea of getting married and having kids. And I don't think that you should try to change that opinion of it. But what you should do, in my opinion, is date women that aren't interested in marriage or aren't overtly stating it, at least when you meet them, right? So um, it's not going to be immediately crammed down your throat, right? And the other thing that you have to understand about women is that their sexual strategy will adopt your sexual strategy. So what I what I mean by that is if she's hell-bent on getting married and you're not, if she likes you enough, she will stay with you even though you're not going to marry her. Do you understand what I'm saying here?
1: Yes, but I kind of disagree on this one. Okay, explain. Since it's like even if you're the best option for her, yeah. her idea of marriage okay. And kind of you saying no today, it's pretty much crushing her dreams and everything. So it doesn't matter yeah. how successful, how best option is, since women are emotional and they run by the emotions, they just think for the exit plan.
0: Yeah, but look, man, I mean, I can say this, you know, for myself and for a lot of the guys that I work with on a close basis, women will abandon uh, their hopes, wants, dreams, and desires. If you are a high enough value guy, I'm not going to say that, you know, they're going to do it all the time. hundred percent of the time, they're not going to do it. There's just going to be something to be hell bent on Should or get off the pot. If you're not going to marry me, then I'm going to move on. If that's the case, she's done you a favor, dude. If that's all she wanted from you was just to get a ring, live with you, sign a marriage contract and have a couple kids that let's be honest, 50% of the time, you're never going to see them after seven to eight years after you get divorced because she's going to have custody and all your money's going to flow to her. So what's the freaking point, right? She's done you a favor if she's that hell-bent. Because women like that that are that hell-bent on marriage, they're not, they don't want you. They want a husband. And there's a big difference between that. So they're doing you a favor if they're that hell-bent on it. Fine, go, good luck. Most of those women, and when I say most, at least 51% of them, most of those women at some point in the future, if you're a high enough value guy, if you're captivating, if you're a gentleman, if you make good money, if you do everything right in the bedroom for her, she'll come knocking on your door later on in the future. Even when she's married to the next guy. I'm telling you, dude, I've had women that I dated in my 20s that have messaged me decade, decade and a half later. Oh, you know, I'm really sorry I did this to you. You were the best I ever had. I love you so much. That like, it's like, bitch, you're married like you like i can see you on facebook you're married with kids like what the hell's wrong with you right like when you when you start to understand these behaviors and you let and you surrender certain things like okay well you know certain women just won't stay with me okay fine you've done me a favor go go find some schlep that's that's okay, okay fine no problem i'll look past your 50 notch count i'll look past the fact that you're bringing kids from two different guys, you know, to the table, I'll look past your, your debt. I'll look past your mental disorders and the pills you have to pop. I'll look past all this shit and put a, a ring on your finger. Cause that's a good idea, right? The vast majority of women today are not even marriage material. They're barely even LTR type of material, right? So it's like, if they go, let them go bless and release, let them go. But if you're dating a bunch of women simultaneously in a non-monogamous fashion, the cream rises to the top. Hey Michael, where do we stand? I dig your vibe. I don't want to share you. I want to claim you. You know, I'm not seeing anybody else. Other guys are invisible to me. Blah blah blah. Okay, fine. And you know, you can remind her at that point. I'm happy to date and keep saying you and I. You know, I feel the same way. Blah blah blah. Like you have the talk sort of thing. But just understand, I'm not. I'm never going to get married, or I'm never going to live in the way that the state views as a marriage. Okay, I'm not saying that I won't see you for a long time. I'm not going to say that maybe we might live together at some point, right? But I'm not going to ever do this thing, right? And if she wants to stick around, then that's her choice. But she can't bother you about it in the future. You know, you made your position very, very clear. It's like if you go to the dealership and you buy a freaking Lamborghini, you can't complain to the dealer afterwards that you're not getting 40 miles to the gallon like your Prius does, right? Like you've made it clear what your position is. So I think you have to manage it a little bit better. I think you have to let certain women go and just surrender to it as beautiful or as whatever boxes they might tick off for you. That's why you got to put yourself first, man. This is why the whole mental point of origin and doing your own thing matters more than anything else because it puts you in a position where you can be spoiled for more choice with a higher caliber of women. And the ones that go, you're fine because you can replace them very, very easily. I don't know. Does that make sense to you, man?
1: It does, yes. I wow.
0: It's just the thing, like, you can't really fix it. Like, there's no, hey, you know, memorize these lines or let me hypnotize her with some woo-woo bullshit or something like this. It's like none of that stuff actually exists. It's just, you know, it's one of those things that happens in love and war, and some women will just, because they don't get their way, they're just going to go. Well, I want to get married. Okay, well, if that's what you want to do, then I'll miss you.
1: True, I agree. I agree. To some moment, the piece of paper is more important than actually being with that person. Absolutely, yes.
0: Honestly, to me, that's bullshit. Because if all she cares about is a piece of paper, the ring, and the party, and all that sort of stuff. Because, I mean, there's people that get married and don't even have kids, right? Like, they just want to get, or she wants to get married. That's all that they care about is the safety component of it, right? They just care about the fact that now that she's married, the law has her ass protected. She can get half of your shit.
1: Oh, absolutely. My friend like actually that. went to divorce and I don't like that. I He's mean, if a woman is impact. truly
0: virtuous and in love with you and thinks that you're the best that she can get, she'll look past the whole I want to get married thing, right? You know, if she's good, solid character and you're yeah. not about it because you don't want to complicate your life unnecessarily, she will stay, right?
1: Agree.
0: Cool. Do you have any other follow up questions Rich. or is that good?
1: Yeah, that's good. All right, Take good. care, brother.
0: Thanks bye bye. All right, let's see what Chad's got for us here. Actually, let me get the super chat here before we go to Chad. Uh, 21 says, Rich, in light of the recent vid on the 992, so I just did a video on the Entrepreneurs of Cars channel with the uh, new Turbo West. When purchasing a new Lux or supercar these days, cash, finance, or lease, considering one can afford cash. It really depends on the market conditions. Um, when I bought my uh, S5, I think it was 2019, the interest rates were half a percent. I was at the dealership when I was talking about buying the car in my R8. Girl goes, I see you have the R8 over there. We have a loyalty program. We'll knock the interest rate down to half half what it's marked at. So it was like just over like 1.2% or something. It was nothing, right? So if the interest rate's nothing and I can take the money, invest it somewhere else, borrow, right? Uh, In some cases, like certain vehicles, leasing makes more sense. In some cases, in certain environments, buying makes more sense. Like if you go to finance a vehicle or lease a vehicle today and the interest rates are as high as they are, it makes more sense just to buy it with cash, assuming that you have cash. So it really depends on the market conditions. All right. Let me get to uh, Chad here. And guys, I'm happy to talk about anything, man. I bring car questions, call him, whatever you want, guys. Chad. Hey, Rich. How's it going?
2: I emailed you earlier today. Okay. Was that...
0: Yeah, so that If was you can just recap the email, then so fill me in. Okay. So the question.
2: So okay, pretty much, I'm just saying um, I, I have all these hobbies. I skateboard. I hunt. I uh, mountain bike. I try okay. to do boxing every now and then. Um, and I'm just trying to manage my time, you know, um, so that I can do all this stuff. Uh, do you have any tips for managing time or anything? you know um
0: know. look man i read it briefly you're an electrician uh how yep, old are you yep going? i'm
2: 27
0: and your question was about training like putting on weight you said you wanted to look like yeah
2: four. yeah dude i'm i'm like uh 140
0: and you're five wet.
2: how much five five not eight and a half
0: yeah okay so you can i mean you can put on 25 pounds i mean I'm, easily. i'm
2: skinny you know but i like I'm not scrawny I have something all right there's something there not much Something Something, yeah um, so uh,
0: I can wave a magic wand to solve your problem what's the problem just clarify for my viewers right now
2: uh, time management I I know I said a lot of things in the email but that was like the most important thing Um, yeah
0: I mean the email said a lot of I like to skateboard and like to hunt and I like to do all kinds of uh, things here and it's like okay well you've got a problem with putting on some weight and that seems to be a priority to you. And I've always said this and I'll say it again. You're either going to find a way to make it happen or you're going to find an excuse. And when I'm reading the email, it sounds like you're trying to find an excuse. It's like, well, I can't do it because I work. There's 24 hours in a day. I got to work eight of them. Then I got to sleep seven of them. Then I got to do my skateboarding. Then I got to do this and I got to do that. And I'm not giving up the hunting thing. And it's like, how important is it to you? Like, dude, you're younger than I am. And I'm assuming you don't have a wife and kids. I have a wife. You have a wife. Oh, that's right. I remember the wife part. Do you want to talk about that? Or do you want to leave that off the table?
2: We, we can leave it off the table. Okay, for now. I'll call we'll again some other time. Got
0: it. Yeah. You, you're going to want to turn off the camera for that part.
2: Yeah. So, she's <laughs> in the other room. Got it.
0: So as far as like the putting on weight part, you know, the component, it's like, you don't have any kids to contend with, but you do have a marriage to manage as well too. So that's going to take up a little bit of time. Something's got to give man. There's 24 hours in a day, you know, I saw this guy once, he did, um, I think it was Casey Neistat actually on one of his videos and he had like the camera facing down sort of thing on a table, piece of paper and he had 24 little blocks and each block mm-hmm. represented an hour and it's like, okay, well, I've got the seven hours here that I need to sleep, I have the eight hours here that I need to work and that leaves me with so many other blocks that I can use in this time and it's like, you just have to figure out what your priorities are in life, like is skateboarding more important than putting up, putting on muscle? Then keep skateboarding. If muscle for you and building a V taper and broad shoulders and a narrow waist is more important then something's got to give, like you only have certain blocks. So figure out which ones get removed and which one, you know, like you put the hour of training in three to four times a week sort of thing. It's not like, it's not that difficult to, to do. Right. I mean, you can honestly, like one of the, one of the most underrated exercises for physical training and for strength and masculinity is pushups. People do uh...
2: I'll do 25 pu- sorry, I'll do 25 push-ups uh every day on my break um, okay. when I take my break but okay, aside well, from that I, I really can show don't you much time.
0: I can show you pictures of my chest when I was doing 200 push-ups 2 to 3 times per week. I wouldn't do them 200 straight. I would do like uh like four break sets them up. of 25, take a break, four sets of 25, take a break, four sets like, you know, sort of yep. thing. But you can build a thick, strong, massive chest with just essentially doing loads of push ups and um, flat on the floor with feet elevated up on a vertical surface to, you know, like hit the different. And you can yeah. do this when you're at site or between brakes at site or when you go in your vehicle or something like that. Like, yeah, I
2: could do push ups anywhere. Honestly, dude, like you don't need
0: any equipment, you know, for a lot of this stuff. So it's like, I mean, it sounds to me, and I'm not trying to be a dick, but it just sounds to me like you're just trying to make excuses as to why you don't want to do it. It's like, because I have all these other priorities and how do I manage my time? And it's like, you already have the answer. You know, there's 24 hours in a day, something gets pulled out and you insert three to four times a week, an hour of physical training. Okay. I mean, there's no secret sauce to it, really.
2: Yep. Yep. Well right on. Thanks, Rich. Um, I also wanted to say, I like your flag in the background. My I what? A flag of my own. Oh okay. Your flag. Yeah. I have a flag of my own. Good don't, stuff, man. Don't tread on me. <laughs> got it. Anyway, uh, you have a good one. Thanks for the advice. Yeah.
0: Take care, man. I'll keep- See All right. Uh let's give it to Kizza, the Supreme Emperor. What's up, man?
3: Welcome, Rich. How's it going? Oh, sorry.
0: Welcome back. It's been a while since we've talked. I know you're a friend of Moth, so uh, what do you got for me today? Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh basically, Rich, my question to you is slightly off topic is do you regret buying the nine nine two Turbo S? Based on ever. the video, you? No, I don't. Um Okay, because you did it, seem a, a little disappointed.
0: I was, I was disappointed for the, you know, for the things that I talked about. It's like the interior is kind of boring. There's no carbon fiber. Like, dude, for like, if you were to order that car new in Canada, it's gonna, it's gonna rack up to about four hundred thousand dollars by the time you pay all the taxes. For Porsche to sell a car for four hundred Gs that doesn't have any visible carbon fiber anywhere to me is unacceptable but at the end of the day it is Uh the best rally car i think that you can use for long distance driving for yeah
3: yeah because a big problem is especially if you're in the states or canada you get screwed over with import taxes
0: yeah there's well there's a new luxury tax in canada for anything over a hundred thousand dollars so whether it's a car plane anything like that the federal government is uh, bending you over on any new purchases which is why I, i bought it used like if it's been previously registered, the car had four, like four thousand kilometers. If it's been pre- previously registered, then you save the luxury tax.
3: Yeah, that's fair. Because like, if you brought that in Germany, if you brought that in Germany, you'd be paying like half the price purely it's, because of the import taxes and stuff. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I Are do Porsche have. A ex- uh, I do like Porsches, but the thing is, I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of people who drive them. If that makes sense, not including oh, it's kind of like
0: you. BMW drivers
3: yeah because i'll be honest when it comes to bmw i like the old bmws yeah. between 88 to 2003 with a yeah. few exceptions i mm-hmm. like that era of bmw mm-hmm. everything else is just it's either extremely ugly
4: built very ugly, poorly
3: yeah. Yeah. built very poorly what's what's the it,
0: what's the reputation that uh porsche drivers have i'm not familiar with it because
3: um that uh, this is perhaps a stereotype, but there is a sort of arrogance that the certain Porsche drivers have that they like to sniff their own farts to use <laughs> it. <with them. laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like, okay. like, it makes me laugh when the people are like, oh, I have a Porsche. And I'm just like, mate, most of you have Boxsters. And the only reason you have the Boxers is because you couldn't afford a 911
2: yeah.
3: originally. And then the Cayman came along and just like, listen, bro, I know you got the Cayman because you couldn't afford a 911. Yeah. come on now don't give me that bs
0: it, it 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 really is a very impressive car once you grab it by the scruff of the neck and throw it around it really is uh it's 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 beyond my expectations like when my friend got the 992 turbo S and i still had the 720 when we were doing these road trips i'm like how is this guy still on the road like how is he keeping up with me in the twisties and I mean, I had to get rid of the car, so I took a look at a bunch of options, and that 992 that I got, and the chalk color, which I really liked, it had a nice set of wheels and a Capristo exhaust on it, um, I just liked it, so I just got it, I figured, and yeah. dude, I didn't even drive the car, like I didn't even drive yeah. it before I bought it, I just drove my friends for like five minutes, and I, I bought it because I saw what he was doing in it, and he's also had a 720. And we had lots of conversations. I'm like, how does it live up, man? You know, do you like it? Is it, you know, as far as comfort and how's the grip? And he's like, every time I asked him something, he was just like, the car is amazing. The grip is phenomenal. It just does (laughs) everything so well. I'm like, fine, sold. I'll get one.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cause I think the issue is is that people don't seem to understand about Porsche is that when you get to the very expensive models like your Turbo S, a lot of people are like, oh, you spend all this money, but the interior is barely any different to a standard Carrera two, and I'm just it like, is. well, yeah. that's what happens when you have a mass ma- mass manufactured car. So like they must make a profit.
0: lot of money off those cars. I don't know what the profit margins they, on
3: the... generally. Sorry to interrupt. Generally, yeah. the rule is it has to be at least 25 percent or higher profit margin because yeah. I work in the automotive manufacturing for a German company, won't say which one. Right. But generally, the rule is it has to make over 25% net profit. That makes and sense. And also. And also, if, if Porsche have ever a, a bit low on money, they're connected to the VW group who've got tons and tons of billions in the bank, so they don't they have progress. to worry too much. Yeah. But also, I do think a lot of people understand when it comes to these mass man, uh, big manufacturers who have top spec models, whether it be a BMW M5 or a uh, so-called AMG Mercedes and that, if you look at the interiors, there's almost no difference between mm-hmm. a base model versus the AMG model. Yeah. Now that's what people don't seem to understand is, you're, a lot of the money you're paying for is based on the drivetrain and the underpinnings of the car, not what's inside yeah. the car in terms of the interior. Which yeah, the interior is just out. a
0: parts bin piece, really, You know, if I'm being honest. It's, it's just the car, the way they've engineered it and put it together, it's very impressive. It's not as exciting mm-hmm. to look at as a McLaren. It's not as exciting to sit in as a McLaren. Like When you get in a McLaren, you pull the door down. It closes. It latches. The screen, it whirs up in front of you. You've yeah. got a nice, clear <laughs> exactly. display you know, when you touch the turn signals, it feels premium. There's a little hole cut in it to save a gram or two or something like that. Right. Like you start to notice all of these little things. Whereas when you get in a Porsche, it's like, just looks like everything out of the VW box, right? Like the the turn signals are literally the same ones that I had in my S5, which I just traded in for like $35,000, like the same turn. signals. Exactly. Yeah. That's the issue. This is what you're getting. It's just the entire package put together. It just makes it a good car. They're supposed to be more reliable, although I haven't seen it being more reliable than yeah. my McLaren. But uh, honestly, yeah. like I love the car. I'm just yeah. I wish it just like had a was bit, a bit more... more special.
3: Yeah, was a bit more special. Yeah, that's the issue. It's like
0: because they all look the same.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's the. Only but I mean, issue. I wanted
0: something that looked boring too. You know, for road trips. Like I want. Yeah, to blend
3: that that <laughs> that is the problem because like if you want something that makes you feel a bit more special. Well, guess what? That tends to be much more rare and exclusive and also well, that's more why expensive. I got the
0: Spider RS coming. So that's a special car.
3: Wait, Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like for me, if I had silly money, if I wanted to turn up at one of your rallies, I'll turn up in a Gordon Murray GMA T50. I love that car. I, like, yeah, I yeah, contacted
0: them like, do you guys have a distributor here? Can I buy one? It's like nothing crickets. They wouldn't even get back to me
3: yeah i think to be honest when they announced the car i think they already sold out all their models Probably, and yeah. they've got two other models as well the t fifty and the t33 of memory serves yeah which if is you a, guys the watching
0: one. right now want to i mean if you're even remotely interested in automobiles do yourself a favor and do a youtube search for gordon murray t50 silverstone and turn it up real loud, and you'll hear one of the most phenomenal engines you'll ever hear. It's like a naturally aspirated, I don't know, what does it rev up to? Like 10,000 RPM V12, 12,000
3: v- 12, 12, RPM with yeah. a fourth liter V12 built by Sick. Cosworth. Sick. Yeah, yeah. And Cosworth, if you're a car guys you know full well what Cosworth means in the automotive world. Yeah. 60 years of history of building race engines or performance engines for automobiles. Yeah. Like yeah. if I turned up in one of those, everyone's going to think, what the hell is that? Because I remember when he first showed us the pictures, I'm like the front end. It's not like, the
0: prettiest thing, though, is it?
3: The front end. I'll be honest. The front end remind me of like a knockoff Porsche 996 GT1. If you remember that race car back yeah, in the
0: day, yeah, yeah. It
3: reminded me of that. And the rear end. I'll be honest. It looked like a futuristic. The fan looks
0: weird, but it but it does something. The,
3: the fan is something to get used to. Like the rear end. If you look at it directly from the back, what I think of is like a futuristic Nissan GTR cross with like a. Um, I guess like a futuristic Zonda, in that sense. Yeah. And there are elements of it which does make me think Zonda, especially with the boots integrated to the rear arches. Uh, but the three seated layout is just unique. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Yeah, and also throw back to the uh, McLaren, McLaren F1. F1. Yeah, exactly. I'm going I'm also, just
0: gonna put it up on the screen. So these, so sure there's nobody noise. else waiting
3: to call in right now. So I'm gonna talk first no a little bit with my friend. <laughs> no worries. Um, no worries. Hopefully nobody see, minds corn. in the chat. Have anybody any minds in the chat?
0: So this is the this is the Gordon Murray T50 right here. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to sell this in North America. How many of these are they making?
3: I believe they're making about two hundred fifty to three hundred. But the thing is, I think it's Very basically smooth. a case of anyone can buy it because I do know with like for instance, you know the McLaren Speedtail. Yeah, that car wasn't technically built for meet U.S. regular North American regulations, but around yeah. one third of them was sold there. But they got mm. around it because of the show car rule, which mm. I'm sure you're familiar with. And those yeah. who don't know, yeah. it's a rule that basically says that allows cars that are not built for North American standards to be sold there, providing you do less than two thousand miles a year. Yeah,
0: here's the here's a big fan in the back of the car over here. It's crazy. yeah, and that is crazy.
3: that is a working fan to create negative lift. Yeah. To use cr- the correct technical term, but yes, yeah, it
0: creates downforce.
3: Yeah. yeah. Or to use the technical term, negative lift.
0: Negative lift is the engineer's term, yeah. Yeah, Coleman. yeah, yeah.
3: But it's easier to say downforce. <laughs> but yeah, but even then, it's like... If you actually look at the dimensions, it's about the same size as a Porsche Boxster, but you can get three it's people small. in it. You have two boots. You have yeah. a f- 650 horsepower V12. The car weighs about a ton. Yeah. Like, in terms of pure performance scales and and compactness, it, it smashes what? practically everything off the scale.
0: What's your... What's your dream car under a million? If you had a million bucks to spend on a
3: car, what would you get? Fuck. Excuse excuse my language. Um, All right. Are we talking brand new when it came out? Or is this taking into account second-hand? (laughs) News,
0: second-hand, new, whatever you want.
3: Oh, that's tricky. That's very tricky because I got a big list. Actually, this was under a million bucks at the time. But I would love a... I believe it was called a Zonda... No, no, wait, wait. Yeah, it would either be a Zonda... One of the Zonda F one-offs. Mm. Or, at the time, it would have been a Koenigsegg CCXR, which I believe was under a million. At the time when they were sold new. Now, trying to get them second-hand, geez, you're talking at least $5 million. At least $5 million. I imagine if you tried finding them second-hand. Although, I will say that new, I'm just just looking at
0: prices right now and there's nothing under a million that I would... Okay, so I'd have to go something more mainstream.
3: Yeah, because I'm just looking at how If it was over a mil,
0: I think it would have to be a Pagani Utopia with a manual. Oh, the newest one,
3: yeah. That Uh, newest one does look good. Although, my personal favorite... 852
0: horsepower, this thing.
3: Yeah, I think my personal favorite is under them all. Um, Well, there's actually two. It's either the 750 RS... Or the Revolution R. Yeah, because that looks like basically a remodeled Huayra.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful, man. It looks like a chick. You know, it looks like a supermodel. That is a supermodel of cars.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still have a soft spot for the original Zonda because of how clean it is.
0: And if you've never seen a Pagani in person, um, even if you're not a car person, go to a car show or a Pagani dealership if you're, you know, like in a large city because they should have one um they're works of art when you look at like there's like oh, yeah. there's buckles and latches that you use to latch down you know the boot and the bonnet and the like certain elements of the interior and you know the shifter like you can see the entire uh, like mechanism, mechanism and movement of every. it's just beautiful it's absolutely stunning so it's not just a car yeah. it's a car it's work and then the story behind it it's like you know ferrari spawned off lamborghini and lamborghini spawned off pagani you know all yeah. almost in some degree spikes, you know um, yeah yeah
3: because I mean, I know you're first on the Lamborghini story, but what's funny is the founder of Bagani, Horatio Bagani, actually worked for Lamborghini for quite did. a few years yeah. before he moved on to a thing. Before you know he why he moved on? Company.
0: Because he wanted to introduce carbon fiber in Lamborghini. He was like, yeah. yeah, we don't think I, so.
3: Yeah, because the problem was Lamborghini was strapped for cash. And so they couldn't build build a facility to produce carbon fiber and you know Kevlar pieces. Because yeah. they were strapped for cash at the time, so it was around the Horatio time was...
0: of uh, the Diablo before VW bought them.
3: Yeah, yeah, I believe it was the late. It was even the late eighties, early 90s, Because I know there is. Because I found this out with a video about Horatio Pagani. Lamborghini did build a carbon fiber and Kevlar, uh, Kuntash, uh, at is the that time. Right?
0: Okay. Yeah, they built
3: a special like it was like a prototype, like a full carbon and Kevlar, uh, Kuntash. Yeah. And it saved like I think it was at least four hundred to five hundred pounds in weight. But it's one of those models oh, sure. that it's extremely not heard of. It's like, for instance, there's there's been rumors about a twin turbo Countach, but no one has ever quote unquote That's seen a picture that. of it. Yeah. So it...
0: I've got I've got some people that are ready to hop in and ask some questions. So so I'm going to say yeah. this, you know, before we wrap up. No um, you know, I was thinking, what would I get under a mill new today? And it would probably. I don't even know if you can order them still new, but let's just say that you can. I'd probably say a seven six five LT with a roof scoop, full MSO exposed carbon fiber with a clear coat on it. It's it's That's it's cool. like an MSO big fat upgrade that would take you right up to like nudging like 900, nine hundred, nine, nine fifty or so. <laughs> but it's oh, sick. I don't know if you've ever seen one in person, but an exposed I, carbon seen- McLaren looks sick.
3: Yeah, I have seen a 760. That's not a rally
0: car. car. That's not a car that you take on long drives and <laughs> no, you, and no, you that, get the
3: shit out of. No no. no, no, that's one you take and take lots of pictures on Instagram. But yeah. actually, before I go, Rich, uh, forgive me for asking this. Is there any updates on that um, car podcasting you would spoke about a few weeks ago?
0: Yeah, we were talking about it on our road trip. Uh, Sergey was with me. And um, we both have really busy schedules. Um, we may make it happen. We may not make it happen. It really depends.
3: Uh, that's fair enough. I would say as well. Uh, speaking of cars, have you? Did you ever watch you... that
0: interview with him? Did you? Did you get into it? What I did. I
3: did watch. I did watch, and I did enjoy a lot of it. Because I yeah. was going to cheekily ask, could I be as a potential guest host, like yeah. guest star, on yeah. there uh, occasionally, if obviously time management's okay? I can understand yeah, if you saying no because I'm a basically a nobody. Yeah, well, I we would do the it
0: in a uh, studio because we are talking about a studio setup. He's got this great club here in Toronto called the Flat Six Club, and ah, he's basically enough. outfitted the entire place with restoration hardware stuff. It's huge. It's, it's fucking stunning. Like, I if you go have, to a I couple of my mentioned. stories, you'll see pictures and videos of it.
3: But, Although, yeah. to answer your question, if I had more than a million right now, it would have to be the new Koenigsegg Gamera with the Yesco V8. Mm. Ever since I saw that, I was just like, never in my life have I realized I needed something so much and not known it. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want a 2300 horsepower four seater super coupe?
0: I'll tell you who doesn't want it. Nerds, people that don't <laughs> understand the beauty and the passion of the automobile. And I think that that it's almost a, a dying species. I don't know what it is, man. But when I was younger, everybody or not everybody, a lot more people seemed interested in the automobile and supercars and doing the work to buy the cool cars Today there's like kids that are 18 that don't even have their driver's license it can't be fucked to go and get it just because they're not interested in cars it's like i think it's part of the low t pandemic that we're dealing with because i think guys guys when they're high t they like dangerous shit and fast cars can be dangerous but you know when they placate society um you know this is where it takes you anyway yeah i think
3: um, i would i think i would add to that sorry to interrupt um yeah. i think byproducts that just the changing regulations when they're making cars so expensive and yeah so domestic and also it's all just the regulation regarding congestion charges emission mm-hmm. rules and stuff they're putting all over the big cities yeah. and also you think you have things like uber where you have super cheap taxi services it's like a lot of people are like well why do i need it
0: there's also very um there's very modern inconveniences that exist too. There's new laws that make it very difficult to enjoy the vehicle. Everybody has a cell phone. Like one of the things that we're constantly dealing with is, um, Karen's calling us in when we're doing these road trips and without giving away anything, we have countermeasures and we have ways of dealing with it. And when we do things, we do them very safely in an orderly fashion with radios and stuff. But, um, we live in an environment today where it's like having fun or looking like you're having fun is just uh, deemed um, inappropriate and uh, a menace. You know, it seems like what they're doing. So, you know what, man, as far as I'm concerned, I'm living in the best generation ever because this is the last uh, last of the internal combustion engine uh, or or it seems that way anyway. So I'm going to enjoy it and um, yeah. that'll be my time with it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really what do you drive. Yeah um technically i'm using a mazda 6 the mark one mazda 6 Mm -hmm. at the moment nothing special because i did have an ice free ice 200 then i got my license again now i'm running around in mazda 6 it's just a simple where do you live in easy eh? yeah i live in england i won't specify where but i'm in the southeast area Mm -hmm. i'm basically in the middle of Buttersport valley and to be honest like a lot of the big car meetups they sort of died down a lot i think especially after covid nobody really likes to hook up and do car meets anymore yeah yeah and also i need to also i would say this to to rich or anyone who's a big car guy if you're ever planning on coming to england do turn up to the a at the nec arena when they do the autosport show in january Hmm. because they got everything in there: top end supercars race cars from various eras they even have a live show if you have live tickets and if you have that you can meet various racing drivers over the years Hmm. like i've met nigel mansell damon hill uh, Alan McNish, Tom Christensen a lot of top-end drivers from various disciplines, and I will say this: Alan McNish, despite being a wee little Scotsman, he is great fun to chat with. He's <laughs> great oh, fun Scotsman's to chat so with. Fun. All right, man, anyway, I got to run. I got
0: to get some of these other guys, my man. But uh, yeah, it's oh, fun Jaysford. talking cars. Take care, no worries. Take care, See, take care. Bye. Bye. All right, um, guys, the link to call in is pinned at the top. Uh, let's give it to Victor Time Wolf, Vic. What's going on, man?
3: Hey,
1: Rich. Not much. I just uh, wanted to call like two or three shows before, but it was with yeah. a girl traveling in a truck. It was fun. She loved it. Sure. So um, yeah, I want to uh, offer a perspective on a first uh, date—not uh, uh, having a coffee, but a dinner. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, is a go to for a dinner. Like not expensive, but din- dinner nonetheless. Just simply because to see if a girl is chewing with her mouth open. You know, if she does it, like you pay and walk away. Oh, yeah. It. If she's Special got life. bad
0: manners, if she's a slob or if she doesn't chew with her mouth closed, yeah. Or if she talks with food in her mouth. Yeah. It's not a, it's not next date yeah. material for sure. You froze up, buddy.
1: That's uh, because amount, yeah. I, I'm saying amount of food consumption you will have together while you're dating will be a lot. So.
0: Yeah, like, look, man. At the end of the day, it, if she doesn't make you look good, some people may not care. There's some people that have very, very low standards, and it's like she touches my peepee, and I like her, and I don't care what she does, what her weight is, or what her personality is like, or how she eats food. It doesn't matter. Fine, I get it. But here's the thing: when it when it comes to dealing with women, and or getting into a long term relationship, and introducing them to people in your life. I don't want to take a chick to a dinner where I have important uh, people around me or an event and she chews with her mouth open or she chews with food in her mouth or she's got visible tattoos on her body and looks trashy. I don't care how hot she is or what she wears or how good she looks in her dress. She's got visible tattoos. Like, forget it. Like it's never happening, right? Like red flag. So it's incumbent upon you guys. And again, here, let me, do the red flag banner because I don't put it up enough to remind you guys to get the red flag uh, chapter. And there's actually 21 now. I've updated it and I've added another one. Uh The second edition of the first book is getting updated and going to be published very, very soon. So if you're opted in the list, I have to send you a brand new one. But yeah, get it. Um, Vic, anything else you got for me before I got to go? I got somebody else waiting to hop on. i lost you okay remove you no problem um again guys the link to call in and ask any question is uh pinned up above it just says Streamyard. click it come on in uh we got a few more minutes before we got to wrap up the show and then do ladies night Moth has awesome panel lined up for uh, 8 45 um we had a, a chat earlier this afternoon and uh making some tweaks to the show um it's interesting very interesting um, yeah, so as far as the, the follow-up to the book, which I should probably address as well, too, because I've been working with Steve from Accounting. You guys know Steve from Accounting. He's the editor uh, for my first book. He's helped me rejuvenate it and update it. And there's a second book that'll be coming out a few months after that. Um, there's a few things in the first book that needed to uh, be modernized. I, I could probably put it that way. And sanitized and evergreened so that it was it would be relevant in five like i wanted to have something that's relevant in 50 years you know down the road so there's that component there's some other things that um needed to be added to the edition so it, i think the in total how many pages is it two the original one is two twenty or something like that or two 207 207 is the last page on the glossary 208 i think is the total yeah 208 um it's gone up to like 240 pages so there's more stuff added and it's not just in one chapter or in any one area it's just throughout the entire book so um i hope you guys enjoy that and you pick it up when it comes out uh i have to re-record the audio version of it of course and yeah there's a lot of work to get wrapped up done on that one too all right let's see what's going on here in the chat Birmingham, London, cheers. <laughs> Active, beautiful. All right, let's go over here to the Collins. ins uh, Here we got Wahlberger. Wahlberger.
4: Hey, Rich, how you doing, man?
0: Wahlberger, what's up, buddy?
4: Hey, just want to comment on the Russell Brand situation. Have you uh, heard about... What do about... you think?
0: Do you think he did it or not?
4: Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's a... an
0: absolutely not for you.
4: Absolutely not. I've looked into it. The same situation is happening in regards to the tates and such women are coming forward who have spent time with him who've been alone with him said that there's never been a problem um and and there's some things where he he played a horrible joke on uh one of the ladies that he he dated and he on a radio show he made a fake call in to her grandfather talking about how great it was that he you know had sex with his granddaughter, and this is the thing that got him fired. And, and yeah,
0: written, that's on his whatever. Wikipedia page, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. And anyway, she's coming out saying what a gentleman he is. So if she's willing to do that, that's a big deal, mm-hmm. right? And and here's my question to you uh, what are your thoughts? Do you know what do you think about Kevin Spacey right now?
0: You know, there's so many of these things that pop up over do you know and over he's been again, fully exonerated. Yeah. Um yeah. I know that he lost work, you know, because of it, but there's so many of these things that pop up. It's very difficult to stay on top of all of them, and it seems like for the most part anybody that's a popular celebrity, politician, athlete, musician uh has been for the most part exonerated over time. Yeah. And there's no consequences to the women that have accused them in a false fashion or an exaggerated fashion. Right. Uh, so it so it's going to continue. The only the only one that I saw recently that seemed like there might have been some merit to it was the um, Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. Yeah, like he clearly has a drug or an addiction problem, and he clearly gets violent when he's into that sort of stuff. Although well, there was no evidence yeah. ever produced where he actually touched her. There was just you know words spoken.
4: Right. Well, it's so did Russell Brand. Russell Brand's had had his problems, right, which he's fully admitted. And uh, he doesn't want to get am just walking because uh, I've got a, a floor cleaner chasing me, but and it's going to get loud. So. But the fact of the matter is that how big a news is it? How big a news is it that Kevin Spacey has been exonerated? I don't think no, we haven't heard about it. No, you, you don't know that at all. You got to really search that out. So people talk about due process coming through and, and uh, exor- exonerating people, maybe in court, but not in the court of public opinion. And I think in, in this particular, sorry, I think in this particular uh, instance, I think they're trying to make an example saying that it doesn't matter. I don't think he's. it's even going to go to court. I don't think it's going to be reported to police. I think that they're just going to see how effective this is in the court of public opinion. And um let it lie where it is because no police have been um communicated in this regard up to this point so i think this is a grand experiment another one of those little petri dish scenarios seeing what they can do to somebody and there isn't much that are bigger than russell brand who's stirring the pot in regards to the problems of the world
0: he's stirring a very big pot with his podcasts and his shows and his clips and how he and i don't think he's wrong to be honest with you i don't think he's wrong so absolutely not So they can't. I mean, it's it's either discredit him, imprison him, or kill him. Right. So that's usually what they start with: is you know discredit, and the angle is generally or what seems to be nefarious in the lines of Me Too. So what are you gonna do, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. So the story is too familiar. It's again, you know, and with Kevin Spacey, it was four dudes. Obviously, it was a little different. Yeah, four women with. With Russell. Hang on, it was, so, four,
0: it was four guys that accused him of sexual misconduct?
4: That's right. Is he that's gay right. or is he bi? I think he's bi. You know, I, I think that's what the story is. But all mm. of the accusers were men.
0: He's such a good so, actor, though. Like
4: He's one of the greatest actors. Kaiser Soze.
0: Do you, guys, Al-Kart. do yourself a favor. Go watch some Kevin Spacey movies on Netflix or Prime, whatever. Just, just search by actor.
4: Unusual Suspects, man. Yeah. One of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Or the usual suspects, I think, right? The
0: usuals, yeah. That's All right, well, i got to run. i got to check this last one before I go. See you later, man. Take care, bro. Peace. All right. I'm uh, going to do one more, and then we'll wrap her up. Got to get ready for the ladies' night. Hey, what's up, Jay Rizzo?
5: Hey, what's up, Rich?
0: How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Can you hear me? Yeah, sorry. I just pulled an air plug out of my ear, so you're in one one of my ears.
5: Oh, no. What are you no, doing no. for you tonight, my man? No, I was just going to make a a comment on the whole thing about the the kids these days with their, uh, driver's licenses, I'm dealing with that currently okay. with one of my, uh, daughters, they're scared.
0: They're, they're scared, scared of getting their driver's license.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And we were, I was talking about it with a older gentleman who's a, a sales rep who drives oh. all around, um, with our, our funeral homes that we support. And we were, we kind of came to the, uh, conclusion that, uh, when it comes to kids these days and not really wanting to get their licenses, it's all going to do with the uh, social media. They can go and virtually talk to all their friends and they don't have to go and drive to meet like we did back in mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to go up.
0: What I'm seeing though, to to I'm, is I'm seeing a complete disinterest from young men in getting a driver's license. I, I mean, the ones that don't have it, It's just completely disinterested like, oh, just Uber or my dad will drive me or my mom will drive me or something like that. But it's but they're never they're never men. They're never like men's men sort of guys. They're like these weak versions of pathetic kind of dudes. You know what I mean? Um, I don't really I I mean, I don't talk to 18 year old girls, so I really don't know any young women that, uh, you know, would would qualify to have a driver's license but haven't gotten it. But but being scared like being scared of what like other cars getting in an accident
5: yeah my my daughter
0: that's so you know, weird man
5: and she's she's terrified of driving and i i don't know why i she
0: probably shouldn't tr- drive then if she's that terrified of driving yeah
5: i'm trying to be a man i'm taking her out every yeah. time that she comes over here you know because we're divorced yeah i take her out hey we're gonna do this i'm i'm being the father hey we're gonna go we're gonna drive you're going to do this. And I've already, she, I've already she,
0: told my daughter from day one, she's getting her she's getting her driver's license at 16 and that's it. I mean, she's right. Like I've got old videos on my entrepreneurs and cars channel of her helping me do a launch control on an E93 M3, right? Like ever since oh, she wow. was little. So yeah. I think that, you know, because I've always been like, I used to take her to car shows and car meets and cars and coffee. I mean, she's old, older now, obviously. So she's not interested in that kind of stuff. But when she's like a four or five year old, if you start him young, man, it's like, it's just kind of in them. You know what I mean? So it's like, I've always been a car guy, so it was hard for her to avoid it sort of thing. But yeah, I just keep at her, you know, maybe she's got some anxiety issues around it.
5: Yeah, definitely. Well, when it she was like young, it. yeah, when she was young, we took her out in four wheelers and stuff like that. And I tried to train her on four wheelers and even a, a mini bike. And Did
0: she roll one? Yes. It's going to traumatize anybody. But yeah. I mean you're in a cage, like you're in a car, right? I mean you're basically in a freaking box. It's safe.
5: Yeah, definitely. It's Dude, I've so...
0: I've I've seen guys have some serious accidents with cars over the years, and they and they've all walked away from them. So like cars are incredibly like with the airbags and the beams and the strut, like they're incredibly safe today.
5: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. When I was like uh when I was like 16, we got into an accident in a 79 Lincoln Continental the other cars were obliterated yeah we walked out with not a scratch
0: yeah there's like 17 feet between the front bumper and the windshield
5: yeah huge great yeah. car
0: it's still driven right, down the road <laughs> i gotta run i gotta get ready for this next show but thanks for chiming in on that all right peace hey all buddy. rich see you buddy all right uh let me get this one last super chat here uh mike says rich finish your book great stuff would you consider a commitment ceremony not a legal wedding is that possible without legal implications That's a very good question, actually. Um, There's an interesting video I did on the Before the Trainwreck podcast series before I ended it, and it turned into the Unplugged Alpha. I was reviewing a... I'm going to miss some of the details, but to sort of uh, highlight them, there was a Canadian billionaire, or he's part of a very wealthy family. I think they're like 30th wealthiest family in Canada. And there was a big story in the media because his girlfriend ended up getting him for alimony. They never lived together. Uh, they never blended their families. He he was divorced. He had kids. She was divorced. She had kids. Older guy, older woman. I think he's like in his 50s or 60s and she was in her 40s or something like that. But um, because he lived in such a way that the court deemed to be a marriage, even though they never officially married, because he did a lot of things. So he did things that, like he kept doing things, signaling over and over to the public that he was committed to her, that he intended to marry her, bought her a ring, took her on vacations. Uh, One of the things that he also did too was he lived in Toronto, but he had a place up in Muskoka. And if you don't know where that is, it's cottage country in Northern Ontario. Nice area, beautiful houses, great lakes. It's where uh, Kevin O'Leary vacations in the summertime from Shark Tank. And then he would go down to Florida a lot of the times as well because he was traveling so much and he had her with him uh, it ended up roughly being like three and a half to four days of the week he was with her. So if they were having dinner, his you know his kids and her and her kids would come over to his house and they would eat. So there was enough consistency where her lawyer argued that they were basically married, even though they never officially married. So basically like common law, right? So your question is, would you consider a commitment ceremony, not a legal wedding? What's the point, right? All you're doing is you're giving the government more fodder and her potentially down the road, should she change her mind? Uh, because again, the woman you marry or the woman that you start dating is never the same woman that you end dating. There's always a wonderful honeymoon phase. Everything's great, you know, blissful, right? And then several years later, things you know change, right? So um, doing a commitment ceremony, do it if you want, do it if you think it's gonna placate her, if that's what you're trying to do, which which is what it would seem to be doing, but I personally wouldn't even do that because that's too close to something that could be interpreted as a marriage. You got to be very careful, man. Like the fucking laws are just so bad and not in your favor. Again, the case that I'm talking about is in Canada. Like, let me see if I can look up this. You know, it's going to take me too long digging up the, there's so many podcast episodes, but the cases in Canada. they never officially married, never had a ceremony and never lived in a house together that they combined their families in. But she still managed to get this guy for something like sixty grand a month in alimony, uh, you know, for being with him for like a, a few years. It was like five or six years. It wasn't forever, and it wasn't a short period of time. But it was long enough that she got a lawyer and said, "This guy's loaded. I need some shit, and he's now paying her fifty or sixty grand a month. And what is she doing with it? She's running some shitty yoga studio with it, probably burning cash, never make a profit. So my my advice is no, like don't do anything that resembles uh, something that the state or the government can interpret as a marriage. Simple as that. You ask any divorce lawyer and their simple rule is just don't live with a chick. That's it. You know, make sure she's got her own place. She has bills that go to her place in her name. You have bills that go to your, if you don't want to complicate your life and you want to remain in love and in a happy long-term relationship, don't live with her and don't do anything that would, that would be, that could be viewed as, you know, being married, like buying her an engagement ring and writing some shit in the sand, you know, rich and whatever, you know, forever sort of thing. Like you don't do things like that. This is what screwed this guy up. There's lots of photographs, lots of travel, lots of time together. And even though he never had the ceremony, dude got he got it. But you know, for guys you know as rich as that, it doesn't really matter. Like he fights it on principle, right? It's you know the smaller guys that um, that get burned. Thanks, Jake, uh, Michael Latner and Lisa Clemens. You can go look it up. It, like it's it's a very very well known case. It happened three or four years ago. Thanks for digging that up, bud. Appreciate it. All right, I'm going to wrap it up on that note. Uh, Got to do a few things before we get on to the ladies with the ladies night. Uh, Stick around for the podcast outro and we'll see you in like 15, 20 minutes. All right, guys, if you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha, community, or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all the links mentioned during the show. Peace.